The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta, and we are very happy to be joined today by John Shipley. John is the Jags beat reporter for Jaguars Report. You can follow all of his fantastic work at si.com slash NFL slash Jaguars. You can also follow him on Twitter at underscore John underscore Shipley. John, uh, we chatted a little while back ahead of the Chiefs regular season matchup against the Jaguars, but we weren't able to get something from you on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. But as somebody who does enjoy your work, I'm excited to talk to you about this Jaguars team because I think they are one of the more interesting, really exciting young football teams in the NFL. And they're just on an incredible run right now. Like it's got to be exciting just seeing what they put together the last couple of months of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, undoubtedly. And, you know, thanks again for having me on. I mean, this is my fourth full season, you know, covering the Jaguars as a beat writer, you know, there every single day, every practice, every game, et cetera. And this has been, you know, by far the most exciting season, you know, to cover. I, I covered the Jalen Ramsey fiasco, uh, them going one and 15 in COVID and then the urban Meyer debacle. And, just the, the turnaround, you know, and the atmosphere inside the building, inside, you know, the city, honestly, as a whole. And, I mean, just around the team, the locker room from a year ago. Because I remember coming into this building a year ago and, you know, feeling just complete, you know, kind of tension and dread from, you know, the, the people inside the building. And now it's, you know, kind of unbottled excitement and, you know, really hope. And, you know, that's the Doug Peterson, you know, impact, you know, obviously the turnaround they've made. So, yeah, no, it's been yeah, I, I, I've said it before, you know, another podcast, but I mean, I'm just a, I'm just a beat reporter and I hated coming, you know, into work yeah. last year. So I can't imagine people who actually, you know, had to work here last year, how they felt. And it's been complete 180 this year. 
Yeah, I can't imagine the difference in vibes between the Urban Meyer regime and what Doug Peterson has done with that organization in his first year as a head coach down there in Jacksonville. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, because I think Chiefs fans, you know, who aren't necessarily locked into the NFL nationally or, or paying attention to what Jacksonville has done over the last couple of months. You know, these teams played in the regular season back on November 13th. It was week 10. Chiefs win 27 to 17 and they played kind of a sloppy game, but it was kind of before Jacksonville had really hit their stride. You know, they, they come out of that game, uh, a, a three win team, but then just put together this incredible run. They've now won seven of their last eight games, including that insane wild card comeback over the chargers. So what's the biggest difference between the Jags in week 10 that the Kansas city chiefs played back then. And this team right now that they're going to face on Saturday at Arrowhead stadium. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, that it's a very different Jaguars team. I mean, that, that Chiefs win, you know, I just – we watched it yesterday. and It was kind of, you know, stark how, you know, different the Jaguars are compared to them. I mean, that that was the last game before the bye week, and they came out of the bye week, you know, with a lot of changes. You know, obviously, like you said, they're 7-1 since that Chiefs loss. The only game they've lost was, you know, a complete manhandling by the Detroit Lions. And since then, they've either, you know, had miraculous comebacks or they've rolled over people. I think, you know, just looking at the biggest changes are uh, offensively, I would say the Jaguars are operating with a lot more confidence since then. You know, they only scored 17 points that game, but they had two missed field goals and they had a touchdown. So the offense played better against the Chiefs the first time around than the scoreboard indicated. But that was like, won the first games and Trevor Lawrence's kind of resurgence this season after his early struggles. So that was just the start of him kind of catching hot. Now, you know, it's an offense that, you know, has caught fire. It's an offense that knows they can score, you know, 30 points a game if they have to, 35 points. So overall, I think they're just a more confident unit than they were in week since week 10. And then defensively, you know, they're, they're a lot different on defense. Uh, Trayvon Walker, number one overall pick. You know, he spent most of, you know, his rookie season standing up as a 3-4 outside linebacker. But what he does best is rushing from a three-point stance, whether it's on the edge, whether it's from the interior. And over the last month and a half, two months, really, since that Chiefs game, the Jaguars have kind of realized that, that, you know, they were kind of misusing him. And since they've allowed him to kind of play in a more natural position, it's kind of changed the entire complexion of their pass rush. You know, he's been much more effective. It's helped Josh Allen play better. And then in the secondary, you know, the, the Jaguars – their outside cornerback spot was a spot that, you know, teams could really pick on, you know, and the Chiefs did it. You know, Chiefs, uh, Kadarius Tony's big uh, downfield catch in that first matchup came against their outside corner. Since that game, the Jaguars have moved uh, Darius Williams to the outside, and they've started switching guys around the nickel spot. So they still have the nickel spot that can be taken advantage of, but teams have really struggled to throw on the, on the perimeter against the Jaguars, you know, since that Chiefs game. Everything's kind of been in the middle of the field. You know, they've kind of taken away those deep shots. You talked about Doug Peterson and just kind of the change in culture there in Jacksonville. And, you know, I do think we should make a lot about the Peterson Andy Reed matchup. Like we saw a couple of weeks ago, we saw the chiefs with the snow globe play and, and the creativeness there. And then, you know, the game ceiling play against the Chargers, Doug Peterson busts out a T formation. And I, I'm just curious, like, what are the expectations with Doug Peterson moving forward in this Jaguars organization? Because obviously you have a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and 
this season has, I would have to imagine, has by far surpassed any expectations that you guys could have had for the organization and that even maybe Doug Peterson had coming into his first year in what was a team that was kind of trying to figure things out after having the worst record in football last year. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people, you know, around the team, you know, NAF and local media and such, you know, thought six or seven wins made sense for the Jaguars. You know, I, we, we all thought Trevor Lawrence would have a better season under Doug because they would be pointing up. Nobody thought that they'd be, you know, where they are now, that they would have caught this much fire and, and went, not only win the AFC South, but, you know, win a playoff game and be one of the final four AFC teams. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, Doug and Andy. I, I, Peterson, you know, the game against the Chargers, it was peak, you know, Andy Reid disciple game. I mean, you, you have third and one, you know, you when you, you, you're driving for a field goal. You know, most – I think everybody in the stadium thought, okay, just an inside handoff, get this one yard. But Doug, you know, throws a pass. And to me, I was like, okay, yeah, he's an Andy Reid <laughs> disciple. That was Andy Reid, yeah. right? The trick playing fourth down. And, I mean, that's kind of been who Doug has been all season. You know, he comes out with really creative stuff, you know, just like Andy Reid does. Uh, he leans on the quarterback, you know, more often than not. It seems like, you know, Doug's philosophy that he has said, and I think it goes for Andy too, is, you know, they throw the score, run to win. So they want to put points on the board with the th passing game first and then kind of use the running game as an extension to kind of put the game away. And Doug, to me, it, it, it's I, – I think the Jaguars, you know, their hope for, you know, moving forward is that Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence can be like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that, you know, quarterback, head coach duo who's kind of, you know, joined at the hip. They're completely in sync. They know how to push the right buttons with each other. And you know, this is obviously their first year together. You know, Patrick and Andy have had – you know, plenty of years together. You, I mean, you've seen that relationship, you know, develop since Mahomes' first year. But I think at Jacksonville, you know, that's the hope. Everybody, when they hire a coach, you know, it used to be when people would hire, you know, Bill Belichick disciples. They wanted the next Patriots or GM and stuff like that. I think the Jaguars want the next, you know, Kansas City Chief type organization where, you know, the quarterback and head coach are joined at the hip and they're kind of driving the franchise. Yeah, it's an incredible turnaround in just one season. I, I I never really understood how Doug Peterson was kind of chased out of Philadelphia and then kind of looked at like, oh, he needs time away from the game before we're going to fire him back up as a head coach when you know it, it's pretty apparent that Doug Peterson's one of the best head coaches in the National yeah. Football League. I mean, even after he won the Super Bowl, it's like people kept giving the credit to, you know, Frank Reich or John DeFilippo or anything. No, it's, it's Doug Peterson, you know, he's yeah. – he, the real deal head coach. And I think the season in Jacksonville's kind of proven it. And Doug himself, you know, he credits a lot to, I mean, he said today that, you know, he, he's learned from Andy Reid for like the last 29 years. And that's like half his life at this point. So uh, obviously Doug Peterson makes a huge difference. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, him taking this step after having such a rough rookie season that, was just a total mulligan. Like none of that was on Trevor in my personal opinion, but uh, Jacksonville has seen uh, a player like Evan Ingram, who was once thought of to be like an upper echelon tight end in the NFLs, had some injury problems up and down years and comes into Jacksonville and they make him look like he's one of the premier tight ends in the NFL. Christian Kirk was a move that was really criticized in the off season. Christian Kirk ha has had a career season. Travis Etienne bounces back after the rookie year injury, and he looks like he's one of the best running backs in football. Like, it, it, is it just a credit to the organization and the and Trevor's stepped up level of play? But like all of these guys, like it just seems like they're getting the most out of every single one of those guys this season. Yeah, no, I think it, I, I think there's a few different you know thoughts to it. I think 
obviously when you talk about a quarterback reaching that, you know, top tier status, you know, the, the great quarterbacks elevate the players around them. You know, they turn role play. I mean, you see our Patrick Mahomes, you know, they, they can turn role players into, you know, featured players and they can make guys simply, you know, produce and play better than they have where, you know, the Jaguars, I think during their hot run, they've had a little bit of that, you know, Trevor Lawrence kind of elevating the guys around them. I think, Doug Peterson has done a great job of utilizing guys to their strengths. You know, he's in a very skill player friendly offense, you know, especially for a guy like Christian Kirk, who, you know, a lot of people laughed at the Kirk deal because, you know, he's mostly just a slot receiver and in Jacksonville, he's mostly just a slot receiver, but what he does out the slot in Jacksonville, you know, he's so efficient at it. He's so productive at that. Nobody cares that, you know, he can only play in the slot. So I think it's, you know, an organization, you know, having an idea of where they want to go in the offseason and kind of being united at that front. If the Jaguars and, you know, Trent Bulky had just signed a bunch of free agents who didn't fit, you know, what Peterson wants to do, it wouldn't have worked out this well. But, you know, Kirk, uh, he's somebody who Peterson, you know, he excels at using Ingram. He's Peterson's been, you know, obviously terrific with tight ends in the past. That's continued again this year. So I, I, I think it's a little bit of everybody. And it's just kind of, like you said, you know, everybody's, you know, kind of, playing well at once. I mean, between Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, I mean, that's four players having career years in one year. I mean, you, you don't see that very often. Yeah, and, you know, while obviously, you know, covering the Chiefs here at Arrowhead Pride, I, I hope the Chiefs win on Saturday. I am hoping for a good game and, and like a serious quarterback duel between Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence because the AFC is just so stacked with quarterback talent right now. And tra- and it's like everybody forgot about Trevor too. And now here he comes. And I, I just think it's going to be insane to watch how this stuff unfolds. And I think Jacksonville is absolutely moving in the right direction right now. Um, but the final thing for me, and you talked about the defense and some of the adjustments that they've made there that have helped them play a lot better down the stretch after some midseason struggles what, what's the biggest thing? What's the approach they can try to take to slow down Patrick Mahomes at the very least, if you're not necessarily going to stop him? Yeah, I, I think the big thing is, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, against the blitz. I mean, he just he completely tears up a blitz. It seems like every time a team, you know, tries to come with a blitz heavy game plan, he tears it apart. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals and week one, you know, that, that, that immediately comes to mind. They blitzed him on like over half his dropbacks and he just went crazy. The Jaguars are a team that likes the blitz. You know, they like to show different looks. So I think they just have to kind of fight with, you know, the, like their own selves and be like, okay, we know this is what got us here, but in this specific week, it's probably not the best idea. And the Jaguars, in my opinion, they have the cornerbacks uh, to, to, I think, kind of limit the Chiefs on the outside. So to me, what the Jaguars should do is, you know, rush forward and kind of cloud up that middle of the field, you know, put a lot of bodies in there. You know, obviously that's where Travis Kelsey's going to win the most so i think that's the approach they should take whether it is or not i'm not sure because i mean they blitzed them a lot in their last matchup and he made them pay for it so it's it's gonna you know kind of be a deciding point whether the jaguars go with what they do well or try to do with what they think goes well against Mahomes. yeah uh, i'm really i'm really excited to uh, see how this plays out um i didn't want to face the chargers in the divisional round because and i'm more excited about this matchup than i would have been uh, about seeing the chargers a third time for the kansas city chiefs but uh again he's john shipley you can follow all of his fantastic work at jaguars report you can also follow him on twitter at underscore john underscore shipley uh john thank you so much for joining us here on the arrowhead pride podcast network uh wish you and the jags nothing but luck in saturday's divisional game hey appreciate it man